He works with veterans, and he uh, specifically veterans with PTSD. And uh, just to be truthfully honest, he's one of the smartest ministry people I've ever met. And that's saying a lot. And uh, I don't use those words loosely. So I want you to welcome with me uh, Dr. Mike Hutchings. Amen. Now it is. Good morning, Elevate. Somebody say praise Jesus, will you? That's what we're here for. You're not here for me. We're here for Jesus, right? Is that right? What a joy it is to be with you guys. It's incredible. What an amazing presence of God is in this place today. Do you feel it? Do you sense it? Come on. Thank you for it. This is just a beautiful time, and uh, what a joy to be here with you guys. I got to meet your pastor when I was in Destin, Florida earlier this year. Uh, we connected heart to heart, and uh, what a joy to, to finally be here with you guys. Uh, it, is, it is my joy to just let you know that the kingdom of God is here. I'm going to say it again. The kingdom of God is here. It's here, here right here and now. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, just a quick background on me. I'm uh, just a boy from Illinois, uh, born and raised around the Peoria area. Uh, received a call to ministry in 1977 after a radical encounter with Jesus and uh, moved. I was a Baptist pastor first, then I was with Randy Clark in 1984 uh, in his little Baptist church in Marion, Illinois, when the Spirit of God came upon us and radically changed the trajectory of our lives, not just for ministry, but literally our personal lives. And since 1984, had been under, walking and seeking to understand what the Lord is doing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's an, been such an amazing journey. I pastored for 35 years. And then 10 years ago, this last May, I came on board with Randy Clark as the Director of Education for Global Awakening. I uh, direct Global School of Supernatural Ministry, which is a full-time uh, supernatural ministry school uh, where we have people from all over the world that are part of that school. I also have directed the online certification programs that are now called the College of Ministry that bring practical training. And we're all about doing practical training for you guys. So when I had a chance to meet uh, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Sherry uh, at Pisco, is that the name? Did I get it right, Pisco, the restaurant? Piscos or whatever, whatever it is. This amazing Peruvian restaurant in Doral Doral, thank you. I'll get all the pronunciations done eventually. Doral, um, we, we began to talk about the heart that your leadership has to raise up and equip the saints of God because that's really what the, the five-fold ministry is all about is raising up the saints and equipping them with all the schools that you've been doing. And I'm excited about that because, guys, how many of you know that God didn't call us to be spectators our pew sitters, he called us to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to go out and do exactly what Jesus does. Amen? I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but everything that Jesus did, except maybe from rising from the dead, and we'll do that when Jesus comes back for us, but everything else that Jesus did, we get to do. Some of you are not convinced yet. I hope that'll come. But I, I, I want to say one thing real quick. 
they don't know I'm doing this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, it, traditionally, I, I love the fact that you have a, a Christmas decorating party. That's awesome. You know, in the church that I came from, more traditional church, we used to call it the hanging of the greens. The problem is the green family always got offended around Christmas time. That's just a really a stupid dad joke, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. But um, traditionally, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. It's a time that, you know, I, I love the fact that this church is not just about honoring the people on stage, but honoring everybody, pulling out the gold in everyone, looking to see that God wants to honor every single son and daughter. But there are moments that we need to recognize and give thanks to God for the elders that, that labor faithfully among us. And so first of all, would you just please stand and honor your amazing pastors, Kevin and Sherry. Come on, you can do it better than that. Give up a shout for them. It's amazing, they're amazing. Now, since this is the second, you can have a seat now. Uh, this is the second of the month, which means you have all month to let them know how much you appreciate them. And I, I just honor the faithfulness, Kevin and Sherry, that you guys have had in faithfully planting this kingdom outpost, in faithfully pushing through all the challenges all the attacks of the enemy, everything that the enemy has sought to do to steal, kill, and destroy the dream of Elevate Church here. I, I'm thankful that you've chosen to walk with an unoffended heart, that although you've probably been through a thousand people, you probably have about two or three hundred that are part of your church that, that has a tendency people move through us. But thank God for those that have stayed. Thank God for those that have, that have heard the call of God for this kingdom outpost called Elevate Church. So I just am so thankful for you, and I just declare to you that these are the greatest days to ever be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the entire history of the world, and the fact that Elevate Miami exists is not by any other means except by the appointment and the anointment of the Holy Spirit upon this region for Elevate Miami. So we, let's celebrate Elevate Miami. Can we do that? I promise I'll get through all these introductions and stuff like that in just a moment. I've got an, a resource table over here that the amazing Matt is taking care of for me. Give thanks to God for Matt. Will you do that? Give thanks to God for Matt. It's Matt, right? Okay, I want to make sure I got his name right. You know, I, I'm pretty good, but every once in a while I make a slip up. Anyway, um, I over the last nine years, along with what I do for Randy Clark and Global Awakening, God has given me this amazing ministry of uh, going uh, to 36 states and now eight different countries and teaching a prayer model of how to bring healing to all trauma, uh, not just post-traumatic stress disorder that veterans and first responders have, but anybody who has trauma. By the way, how many of you know everybody has trauma? Yeah, turn to somebody and say everybody has trauma. How many of you know the folks in southwest Florida right now have a tremendous amount of trauma right now. Trauma comes from all sorts in life because you and I live in a very broken world. And even though God loves us, he's for us, he, he let us know 
that we would go through some suffering and difficulty simply by living in this world. But here's the good news. Jesus suffered trauma on your behalf so that your trauma can be healed. You don't have to live with the trauma of your life for all the rest of your days. The Word of God says in Psalm 147.3, God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And so this book is the supernatural freedom from the captivity of trauma that tells a biblical worldview of what trauma is. It goes through the entire seminar, which is about a five-hour seminar, and uh, also has the prayers in the back that you can walk yourself through and walk other people through and get it. It's over there. Do I have a military veteran in the room today? Where's the military veteran? Ma'am, right here. Come here. Come here. Come here, please. Thank you for your service to our country. God bless you. Who else is a military veteran in the room right here? I also have a DVD that has uh, the seminar on it. And sir, come on up here. I'm going to give this to you. God bless you. Appreciate it. There you go. And um, let me say this. Any other military veteran, you can go to the table at the end, and you can get a book or a DVD, and it's my gift to you. Giving thanks to God for your service to our country. Any military veteran that is there. Today I'm going to talk uh, about developing a kingdom mindset. There is a DVD and uh, that's available there. I know it's kind of old school, but it's just what we got right now. So it's there if you still have a DVD player. It's actually three and a half hours. It's the very first teaching that I do at Global School of Supernatural Ministry. And you'll understand that in a few minutes. Uh, the last thing I want to let you know, we have, because DVDs and CDs are going out the window a little bit, uh, we have, um, that's not the right one, might get it. We have these USB drives that actually has the, the newest version of the seminar called Healing Trauma that's available over there as well. And you can pick that up if you'd like to have, you can download it right to your computer. And I'm just going to say, if you want to pass it around to others, you can do that as well. So bless you. Let's pray. Now, when I pray, keep your eyes open. I like to look at you while I'm praying, because I like to see what the Spirit of God is doing, okay? So come in power, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, right now in this place. You're already here, because we're each individual temple. You've manifested your presence in worship. But now I ask you to come in power right now in Jesus' name. Father, that we would shift our mindsets into powerful mindsets, understanding that we no longer have to be victims of the enemy's plans. We no longer have to go with the rest of the world in hopelessness, despair, and depression. We no longer have to have panic or anxiety or fear because of what the news says or what our neighbor says or what our bank account says or what our stock market says. But Father, thank you that because we are founded on a kingdom that will never be shaken. Holy Spirit, would you give us that confidence today? Would you, by your amazing power, shift our mindsets to be solidly focused on your kingdom being here right now because it's the foundation of all that Jesus was. And as you do that, Holy Spirit, would you bring healing in the room to people's bodies? 
in Jesus' name. Does anybody here have a, uh, I'm going to call it chronic pain from an S5 uh, or L5 S1 um, uh, joint that's right in the middle of their back? Who's got that? Stand up if you've got that right now. Anybody in the room if you've got that right now? Yeah, so that's an injury, and the Lord wants to bring healing to that because I felt that this morning. So extend your hands out to these folks right now in Jesus' name. Come in power, Holy Spirit. Come on, join me. You're part of the prayer team right now. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come in power, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, the Lord has singled you out because he loves you, and he wants to heal you today. So in Jesus' name, we just command healing and restoration. I break the power of the trauma of injury that took place when your, when your spine was injured in the name of Jesus. I break the power the spirit of trauma right now. I command your muscle memory in your body to release that injury, the memory of that injury in Jesus' name. And let there come freedom of movement with no pain right now in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God come from the from the tip of your neck all the way down to the base of your spine, that there come healing power flow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay? What, what, don't, don't sit down yet. So when you came in today, 1 to 10, what level of pain were you at? And where are you at right now? Check your body out. Move. Check your body out. Jeremiah, check your body out. Do some salsa. You don't feel what? You don't feel any pain right now? Do, do what you couldn't do. Do what you couldn't do. Check it out. No pain? Come on, give thanks to God, will you? Jeremiah, what, what level of pain did you walk in with? Where are you at right now? You're at a two? Come on, Jesus. So put your hands on him one more time. In Jesus' name, all pain go. Freedom of movement with no pain now in Jesus' name. Freedom of movement with no pain in Jesus' name. By the time this service is done this morning, zero pain in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a couple more minutes. Who has any kind of spinal problem in the room? Stand up. Not just L1S1. Yeah. Come on, stand up, L5-S1. Not just L5-S1, but any kind of spinal problem in Jesus' name. All right, extend your hands out to these brothers and sisters right now in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God come. Stand up. You can stand up in proxy for them. That's fine. In Jesus' name, let the fire. Back here, this brother right back here. Somebody go back there and lay your hands on his back in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God come. Let the fire of God come in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of the trauma of the injury that caused this spinal problem in Jesus' name. I command the muscle memory to release trauma now from the spine in the name of Jesus. I command all the inflammation that is surrounding this spine, these spines, specifically the muscles, the tendons, and the nerves, I command that inflammation to die down in Jesus' name. 
I command for the shalom of God to come upon their spines. And I just, Father, in the name of Jesus, healing. Healing. This Holy Spirit lives in every one of these. And in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, bring healing and freedom of movement with no pain in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, check it out. Check your bodies out. Wait, wait. We're not clapping yet because we got to see what happened. You know, we don't just assume. Look, we don't say, you're healed, and then we don't find out what happened. Is, is it any better, sir? Much better? A little better? From 10 to 9. All right, well, we're going to go one more time, so stay standing. Well, how about you, Sherry? It's gone? Okay. Can you, well, what? Lay down. Yeah. This is awesome. All right, so give me the report. It's all gone. It's not tender anymore. Okay. Yeah. Is that all gone? Okay. All right. Somebody praise God, will you? So wait. Stay standing. Go over to this gentleman. We're going to go for Go over to him and lay your hands on him real quick. Sir, what about you? Any better? Much better? Improved? He couldn't bend over, and now you can? Come on, Jesus. Yay. More, Lord. Complete healing in Jesus' name. That's right. So, and then, Sherry, just pray for him right now. What God gave you, give to him. Thank you, Jesus. All trauma leave. All trauma leave in Jesus' name. All trauma leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All pain go. I command the spirit of affliction that has tormented you to come off of you right now in Jesus' name. This is not your fault, but it's like an attack that came against you came against the work of God in your life in Jesus' name. And I break the power, command the spirit of affliction to leave you now, along with all pain. Let there come freedom of movement right now in Jesus' name. Okay. How much more improved? Come on. Yeah, do what you can do. All right, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. What, your name's Roland? Hi, Roland. Mike, nice to Well, I'm sorry. Raul, I'm sorry. Give, tell us what happened. No, I felt like, you know, first he laid the hand. I felt something cold completely from here to the bottom right here of my body. Then when, then when she laid the hand, something, you know, healed with the, the power of the, uh, the Holy Ghost. Very cold. Very nice. Yeah, it's like I don't have, yeah, I don't have no pain or stress. Yeah, no pain. No pain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yay. Matt, bring that gentleman up here. Bring, bring, bring him up here, if that's okay with him. I don't want to embarrass him. Come on. 
Guys, this is show and tell, okay? Is that all right? We do show and tell for a few minutes. Is that okay? Come on, Jesus. Hello, sir. My name is Mike. Your name is? Thomas. Thomas. So tell me what the Lord did for you. By the way, Patriots fan, huh? Come on. Uh, the last few weeks, I feel an attack on my body. Uh, I've been having pain down my back, shooting down both my legs. Uh, I had trouble walking, standing, getting out of bed. Uh, but today, I said I'm getting up and going to church and give it to the Lord. So I, I, I feel a, I felt a calm come over the muscles as you were praying. And I can feel it continuing to work. It's like a slow roll of trying to get to all the muscles to relax them. They've been so tight. So I needed that kick start. Yeah. There come a release of all tension, of all stress, of all pain in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the process of healing that you're doing in our dear brother here in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God, all inflammation go now in Jesus' name. And life, 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 life in Jesus' name. He will no longer be disabled or in, in pain. We declare freedom of movement with no pain. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said? Yeah. All right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, that's a good start. Everybody smile. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, guys, how many of you know we all get to do this? You don't have to go to the anointed man or woman anymore. Uh, Okay, not all of you are convinced. I'm going to say it again. There are anointed men and women that God is using on the earth, but we don't have to take somebody to the anointed man or woman anymore. That the reality is, how many of you know that we've just been through a season of the last 10 years where we have a lot of generals that have gone home? You know, a lot of generals, you think of Oral Roberts, you think of all Billy Graham and others that have gone home. And how many of you understand that there's nobody that's replacing their unique anointing or their place in the body of Christ? How many of you get that, right? That's because their mantles are not being given to one person. They're being put upon the entire body of Christ. So as my, one of my mentors, John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard, always said, everybody gets to play. Turn to somebody and say, everybody gets to play. But because, guys, how many of you know, healing is fun. Setting people free from the devil is fun. It's not something that we have to say, oh, I don't know if I can do that, or I don't know if I'm qualified. Guess what? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're qualified. Bishop Joseph Garlington is a great friend of mine who comes to our Voice of Apostles. He says this. He says, God never calls the qualified. He always qualifies the call. How many of you are called in this room? Anybody? So you're qualified in Jesus' name. So because you've seen healing happen here this morning, I know you see it all the time here, so don't, I'm, not, I'm not thinking that this is the first time you've seen healing. But because you see healing happen here, it's your responsibility to take it out to the streets, take it everywhere you go, because we all get to do this. Say it to the person next to you again. Everybody gets to play. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk about kingdom today, the kingdom of God. So I, I grew up as a Baptist. Anybody, any Baptists in the room? Former Baptists or you're, you're not sure if you're a Baptist or not? Anyway, in the Baptist church, you know, we were taught uh, the gospel that Jesus saves, that Jesus saves to go to heaven and, so you can go to heaven. Uh, but in the meantime, we weren't really sure about what we were supposed to do between the time we got saved and the time that Jesus takes us to heaven. Right? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we heard sermons every Sunday about salvation. Every Sunday. And even though back then we believed once saved, always saved, every once in a while I felt bad for the preacher because, like, nobody was coming forward. So it says, well, I'll come forward anyway just to make the preacher feel good, right? So, but one of the things that we were taught in the Baptist church is that, that there was going to come a day when Jesus was going to come back and then he would set up his throne in heaven and it would be it the, the name of that time was called the millennium how many of you heard of the millennium before anybody and in the millennium he would establish his kingdom on the earth so our theological grid for reading the bible was that when Jesus comes back again he's going to establish his kingdom so therefore Everything that the Bible says about what happens when the kingdom comes is for when Jesus comes back again. How many of you understand that? But if you look in your Bibles, and if you will, get your Bibles, your Bible app, your iPad, your knee pad, whatever, your Android, your robot, whatever you put your, uh, have your Bible app on, and turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Next slide, please. Mark chapter 1. Whenever you're seeking to find out who somebody is in terms of ministry, you have to find out what the foundational message that they started with is about. Because everything will flow out of that. Everything will flow out of that. How many of you know that Dr. Randy Clark's message, his foundational message for his ministry is not healing, but it's impartation. It's, it's to impart the, the power of the Holy Spirit, be conduits of impartation. That's his essential message in his book, There Is More, brings, brings that forth. And, and when, you, when you see the kingdom come, you see healing and everything like that, but, but let me just say to you that Dr. Randy's message is a foundational message is impartation in mark chapter one we begin to see the very beginning of jesus ministry and as he is baptized by john as he is uh uh then led into the wilderness for 40 days by the way how many of you know that the gospel of mark is an action gospel it's only 16 chapters so if you're leading somebody to Christ, take them to the Gospel of Mark first, and then take them to the Gospel of John, because everybody can read through Mark like in one sitting, uh, but it gives you the synopsis, and it's a real, it's a fast action gospel. You see Jesus constantly moving and doing things, and it says in Mark chapter one, verses 14 and 50, after John was in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good 
news. So this was his foundational message by which his entire ministry was based upon. Now it's important that we kind of break this out a little bit to get a, a clear understanding of what Jesus has said. And by the way, I love and I believe in a reading Bibles and taking messages out of translations of the Bible, like New King James Version, New American Standard Version, uh, English Standard Version. But I also love paraphrases, and I do a lot of devotional uh, reading and paraphrases, like the Message Version, uh, New Living Translation, uh, the Passion Translation. And those, those uh, paraphrases help us gain a greater understanding. So as we look at Jesus' message here in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, you're going to get this morning the Mike Hutchings paraphrase of verses 14 and 15. Go to the next slide, if you would, please. This is the paraphrase. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time, that is the Kairos moment, we'll talk about Kairos in a minute, is here. He said, change the way you think about God, about yourself, and about your world. Turn around and believe the good news because I've brought my world with me. So first of all, the time. time. There are two words in the Greek New Testament that refer to time. The first one is chronos, which is your, the time on your watch, the, the day, the week, the month, the year. That's chronos time. That's measure time. But there's a second type of time called kairos, and kairos is the divinely appointed time of God by which God in his wisdom has set aside this particular time for this particular thing to happen. So Jesus was saying the divinely appointed time that I'm supposed to arrive on the scene is here. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul writes that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. It's the same word, time. So we understand that there's, there's no accident. Jesus wasn't a surprise to God. By the way, any of you, hey, everybody look at me. I feel like this is a word for somebody. You were told by your parents that you were an accident or you were a surprise or maybe you were even told by somebody that you were a mistake or that your conception uh, happened in uh, bad circumstances like a rape or an assault or in some way you don't even know how you were conceived. I want to say this to whoever this applies to, either here or online, that although you may have been a surprise or to your parents, you are no surprise or accident to God. Your birth, your life is a divinely appointed moment by God. It is no accident that you were born in this particular time frame because you are living in the greatest day in all of human history to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's never been more outpouring of the Spirit of God. There's never been more revelation of the Word of God. There's never been more teaching. There's never been more people coming to Christ through in other nations and from other religions than there is today. You and I are on the cusp of the greatest harvest of souls that this world has ever seen 
in all of human existence, and you and I get to be a part of it. Somebody praise God, will you? So this is a divinely appointed moment for you and I. Jesus says, I've come. This is the, the time is here. Now, this is the response that he calls you to make in order to receive the fullness of this message. Now, once again, Jesus did not preach a gospel of salvation. How many of you know he didn't preach Jesus saves? That was not his message. He didn't preach, and by the way, how many of you know there's lots of different gospels in the world, but there's only one gospel that Jesus declared, and it was the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is that everything that the enemy has sought to steal, kill, and destroy from God's dream for this world is being restored because the king of this earth is back and he's taking back what's truly his. That's the gospel of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is here. And he said, in order for you to receive the fullness of that message, you've got to make a response. The response is repent. Now, when I was a Baptist, when I heard the word repent, what that meant to me as a Baptist boy was that I had done something wrong. I'd gotten caught, you know, like doing things that teenagers do. And my parents were angry at me. And the best way to get out of that is to walk the aisle on a Sunday morning and say, okay, God, I never want to do that again. I'm sorry. Right? That was kind of being sorry for your sin. But guys, repent is a much broader term in the Greek than what you and I understand. The word literally, go to the next slide, please. The word literally is the term metanoia, or it literally means a change of mind. To repent is to have a change of mind, to think differently about some things. And the word metanoia it's, is the root word of the name of the process by which a little creepy crawly bug on little feet crawls around on branches, gets an idea from God, by the way, to begin to create a little cocoon. He steps into the cocoon, and he thinks at that moment when the cocoon closes that that's the end of his life. But what happens in just a very short time is the cocoon begins to burst open, and what comes out of that cocoon is no longer a creepy, crawly little bug that crawls on branches, but now is a beautiful monarch butterfly that flies throughout the land, flies, flies on the air currents. That's the term metamorphosis. It is a complete change, not only of, of character, but it is a complete change of existence, literally, the bug goes from being a little tiny bug that walks on branches to literally being a new species of being, a bug to a butterfly. And how many of you know that is a, a wonderful picture of what Jesus Christ does for us when it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. So if you understand the metanoia, the word repent, actually means to change your mind. That means the way that we change our mind is by receiving the truth of what the Word of God says. It's, it's realizing 
that what God is bringing to us is a message that comes from the heart of, of the Father that has all wisdom, that has all knowledge, that has all understanding. He's the one that started this in the first place, so he should know. And our issue becomes not whether or not we fully know and understand the truth, but our, is our heart and our mind position in a place where we'll actually begin to receive the truth. Have you received the truth of the coming of the kingdom of God, not only in this earth, but in your own life? Have you been able to receive the fact that God loves you enough to send forth his son, that you might not only get saved to go to heaven, but literally you begin to live as a son or a daughter of a loving father. Have you received that truth? Because you see, you need to understand something. There's a whole different realm of thinking that's called a religious mindset, a church mindset, that is all around religion and church. And then there's another mindset called the kingdom of God. In a church mindset, in order to experience the kingdom of God or to experience the presence of God, you actually have to come into a church building. You, you come into a church building and it's there where you experience the presence of God. In a kingdom mindset, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and you walk in the presence of God everywhere you go. That's the difference between a religious mindset and a kingdom mindset. How many of you understand what I'm just talking about here? So understand that in order to receive the truth of what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change our minds about things that we think. You see, here in this room right now, there are all sorts of signals that are flying through the room. There's Wi-Fi signals. There's cellular signals. There's television signals. There's radio signals. And depending upon whatever receiver you might have, you can pick up on those signals. But if you're not tuned to the right signal, you can't, for instance, here, you can't get on the Wi-Fi without the right password, without the right sign-in. Unless you're tuned to that signal, you won't be able to receive all that that particular source is bringing to you. What you and I need to understand is this. The kingdom of God is right here and now, and it's present in the earth even as we speak. Could I get an agreement in the room, anybody? The kingdom of God is all around us, but without the right receiver, which is restored by Jesus through faith in him, you can't really tune in to its frequency. One of the things you must understand is this. To, to try to understand with your mind everything about the kingdom of God is impossible apart from walking in the presence of God and walking in intimacy with Jesus. It's also impossible to receive everything that God has for you when it's done in isolation when you're not connected into the body of Christ because it's being part of the body of Christ, living as a family by which we receive the greatest revelation. You know, I love my brother back here with his back. 
he was talking about the process that he was going through as God was bringing healing to his back. Guys, how many of you know that most physical healing that takes place is a process? I'm thankful for the instant healings that happened here, but most physical healing is a process. Let me say this to you. When you welcome Jesus into your life, you and, and you welcome the work of Christ on the cross, you repent for your sins, instantly you become a child of God. You're a son or daughter of God. But the process of maturing, the process of becoming more and more like Jesus every day is a process that you will walk through your entire life. It's called the process of sanctification. Romans chapter 8 says this, All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Understand, although you may instantly, in receiving Jesus, know that you're a son or daughter of God, the process of becoming more and more like Jesus every day is a process that you will walk through for the rest of your life. How many of you understand that? Which is why we desperately need brothers and sisters. We need a family of God like Elevate Miami to help us walk through that process. Because how many of you know that process sometimes feel like a roller coaster? Anybody? Roller coaster ride? I mean, how many of you have read the Psalms lately? Anybody read the Psalms? How many of you know the, the Psalms is one of the craziest roller coaster rides of emotions that you've ever been on? You know, David's up here. He's praising God. Hallelujah. God, I love you. The next one, he's down in the dumps. He's saying, God, don't abandon my soul to hell. God, help me, help me, help me. The next one, you know, he's up on top again. He's praising God. The next one, he's saying, God, kill my enemies. God, cut out their tongues. Stab them in the heart, God. Let, let, them, let them die, you know, like a typical day for you and me, right? I mean, you know. But anyway, it's this roller coaster ride of honest emotion that most churches won't let you do. Most churches won't let you do because they are organizations that they need everybody to behave properly and be in denial of the reality of the process of sanctification. But when you're a family, you get to be who you are. You get to be in the place that I'm accepted as the son and daughter of God. Now, guys, that doesn't mean you get to act like an idiot all the time. Part of being a family is you get corrected right? But you get corrected because we love you. We care for you. We want you to know that there's a wonderful way to walk out what it is to be a son or daughter of God. But guys, it is a roller coaster ride. You had my, my student, Marcus Digert here. How many of you love Marcus? Anybody? The amazing man of God. How many of you heard Marcus's testimony of his life? How many of you know he had a little bit of a roller coaster ride, right? I walked through Marcus with some of that, but one of the keys that Marcus said to me that helped him through his whole process, particularly at Global School of Supernatural Ministry, is the three-word motto that I drill into every student that we walk through 
and that is the phrase, trust the process. Say it with me. Trust the process. Turn to somebody next to you and say, trust the process. You know, I don't know how many of you are great gardeners here. I'm not a good gardener at all. I kill everything. You know, we're in, we're in uh, up in Pennsylvania, we're in what's called mum killing season, right? You go to the store, you buy, you know, all these beautiful mums, you put them out in your porch, and within a week they're dead, at least at my house, right? You know what I'm saying? But one of the things you have to understand about plants is that you don't, yes, you can go to the store and get an instant plant, but it still has some growing things, you know. If you really want to be a good gardener, by the way, my son, who lives in Illinois, he has an amazing, huge garden that, uh, I mean, grows all this exotic purple cucumbers and, and, and orange uh, of tomatoes and all sorts of amazing things. But he gives time to the process. He has his little greenhouse in the, in the basement that during the winter he's, he's growing all these little seedlings because growth takes time. It, there's a process. And understand, folks, listen, catch this from Hebrews 5.8. Write that down if you're taking notes. Hebrews 5.8. Do you know what it says about Jesus? It says Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Now, if you've never read that before, it'll rock your world. Because Jesus was perfect, right? He's sinless. But there's something in that that we understand that he was very God, but he was also very man. And so he walked through a process of growth where he grew in favor with God and man. Why is this important for us? Because when you think about the term metanoia, changing your mind, let me say this to you. Your life is going to be all about repentance from now until Jesus comes. And it's not necessarily focused on all the sin in your life as much as it is getting your mind straightened out and cleansed from all the programming of the devil that he's taken you through from the time that you came out of your mother's womb. All the lies, all the lids, and all the labels that you have listened to your entire life that you think are part of who you are, that it's actually your identity when the reality says your father wants to say to you, my son, my daughter, that is not who you are. That's not the dream I had for you. That label that your mom put on you, that's not who you really are. That lie that your father said over you, that you're worthless and you're stupid and you'll never amount to anything, that's not who you are. The, the things when you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like the person on the other side of the mirror, that's a lie that you're believing. That takes repentance, that takes changing your mind in order to understand the truth of who you really are in Christ. Could I get an amen in here? Next slide. Next slide. Yeah, go on to the next slide. Thank you. You see, Dallas Willard, who is an amazing, he's gone to heaven now, but he wrote an amazing book called Divine Conspiracy. And the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die 
and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. Okay, I'll say it again. The gospel of the kingdom is less about how to get in to the kingdom of heaven after you die and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven right here and now. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is all about. In other words, we are sons and daughters of a father who desires to bring his kingdom through us that not only is elevate Miami an outpost of the kingdom, but every individual person in this church is an outpost of the kingdom as well. Go to the next slide, please. So I'm going to share with you three categories of things that if we're going to really truly receive the gospel of the kingdom that, that Jesus brought, we've got to change the way we think about some things. And the three, three main categories that you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives walking through is number one about who God is, who you are, and what is my reality. Who God is, who you are, and what is my reality. So first of all, who is God? Who he is, what he thinks about you, what he wants from you, and what his purpose is for you. <clears throat> How many of you have read your Bible? Anybody read your Bible? How many of you read the Old Testament? How many of you read the New Testament? Okay. <clears throat> How many of you understand that religion has a view about God and an understanding about God that is not in alignment with what the Bible actually reveals about God. That the reality is, is that Jesus came not to change the mind of God about humanity, but to change humanity's mind about God. Because for most of us, whether we were brought up in religion or not, whether we were in church or not, most of us have had a view about God that he's a distant God, he's an old man with a big beard on a big throne, and he's distant from us, that there's this huge space between us, and that he's pretty much angry all the time, or mad all the time, or sad all the time, or disappointed all the time, and you know, if we were to think about what he thinks about us, that his thoughts probably wouldn't be very good about us. And that he's really kind of a rule keeper. He kind of keeps the rules. He keeps the regulations. And, you know, if you don't follow the rules and regulations, you don't get to be in the in crowd with God. And then Jesus came. And Jesus came, and he began to teach in parables about the true character of this God that we think we, we know. And what he began to show in the parables was that this God was like a shepherd who would leave the 99 sheep to go to find the one lost sheep. That God was like a woman who would literally clean and sweep an entire house all day to find a lost coin. That God was like a father whose son had taken advantage of him, 
had taken his inheritance, had absolutely denied and spit on everything that the father had raised that child up in and went and foolishly spent all of the inheritance on wild and riotous living. And yet God was the kind of father who would wait at the door looking for his son to come home. That when his son finally got to the place that he was so broken, that he was so poor, that he was in such a desperate state that he decided that he would come back and he knew that he could not be a full son of the house anymore, but what he could be is he could be one of his father's servants because at least he would eat better and have a place to stay. And as he was coming down the road, the father saw him coming and ran to him and in that exchange restored him fully as a son where the title of that parable should not be the prodigal son but the prodigal father because prodigal means reckless abundance. That the father gave reckless abundance and love to his son because that's the kind of father Jesus was portraying. And then finally, on the last night that Jesus was with his disciples, he tells him that he's leaving, and he's going, going away. And he, and he says, by the way, you guys all know where I'm going. And one of them says, no, we don't really know where you're going, Jesus. By the way, if you ever get discouraged about your progress in God, or that you don't get it, read about the disciples. I mean, they never truly got it until they got the Holy Spirit, guys. I'm just saying to you, I'm saying to you that they'd spent three and a half years with Jesus and they didn't understand that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what he said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this is where you know, everybody look at me. This is an important point. This is where you know they really didn't get it, okay? Philip says, we always thought that Peter was the one that asked all the stupid questions, but Philip was right up there, I'm telling you. And he says, well, Jesus, show us the Father. And this is one of those moments, you know, like the, the guy that says, duh. And this is what he says. He says, Philip, have I been so long with you that you do not know? If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in order to receive the fullness of the kingdom, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to show to you Every single lie that you have believed about God, you have got to allow him to tear down the strongholds of belief that have been built up through bad religion, through bad modeling in your home. Because how many of you know that depending upon a relationship with our dads, that impacts how we feel about Father God? All of that has to be brought into the light of who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, let me give you a suggestion. Whatever you think about God you don't see in Jesus needs to be discarded. 
Say it again. Whatever you think about God that you don't see in the person of Jesus Christ needs to be taken out of your life. You need to change the way you think about God and see him in the face of Jesus because the word of God says in the New Testament that Jesus is the exact image and representation of the very God that we say we serve. So when we come to God, no matter how messed up we are, we don't come to a mad God. We don't come to a sad God. We don't come to a disappointed God. And we don't come to an angry, distant God. We come to Jesus. We come to the face of the loving Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for you and I that we might know this Father. That you understand that the reason why your prayer life isn't so great is because you're afraid to go to God because you're afraid he's going to be angry with you. And I say, repent. Quit thinking that way about God. That's not the way it goes. God is on a throne of grace. He's not on a throne of judgment. He's not on a throne of punishment. He's on a throne of grace and love for you. And if you understand just like David, he knows how screwed up you are. He knows how crazy your emotions are. Why don't you talk with him about it? Why don't you pour it out to him? Why don't you just let him know the honesty? Because the testimony of David, of all the bad things David did, the testimony of David was that he was a man after God's own heart because he poured out his heart before the Father. Number two, I, I'm, I'm running out of time. Number two, the second thing that you've got to repent of, you've got to change your mind about is who you are. That you've had lies, lids, and labels put on you your whole life. You've been lied to because of the way people have treated you. You've been lied to because of the way that uh, things that have been said about you. And you've been lied to because of your own experience with you. How many of you know that you are your own worst critic? But when we begin to understand that the reality of who I am is not the way people have treated me, it's not my family, it's not my history, it's not what I've done, it's not by anything I've witnessed, but it's my reality of who I am is who Jesus says I am, and he says, I'm a beloved son or daughter in whom he is well pleased. That, that we are beloved children. And as a matter of fact, stop, Mike. Repeat this after me. Because of Jesus, I am no longer defined by my history. What I have done, what's been done to me, by my family, what's been said over me, or what I've witnessed, I am defined by who my Father calls me. He calls me his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. That's the truth about everybody in this room that knows Jesus. Guys, can we show that video real quick? I want to show you this real quick video of Joseph Tyndall, who uh, got healed of trauma, but you'll learn how it impacted his identity. Let's show that. Right, um, I was in class and uh, Dr. Mike was there talking about PTSD and trauma and uh, well, at the end of the class when we started praying for everybody's brain to be rewired and started talking about how people had parts of their identity that um, was stolen from them, things attached to them that wasn't actually them and uh, at the end I felt stuff going on in my mind like I felt like it was I guess being rewired is the only way I can think to explain it and I felt stuff going on in my spirit and I didn't feel like there was a complete release. So 
at the end of class, I went up to him and asked for him to pray with me. And uh, whenever he started praying with me, um, he wouldn't let me look away from his eyes. And uh, he started praying that my mind and everything would be rewired. He, laid his, he asked me if he could lay his hand on my head, and he did. And I felt the power of God hit me, and I started seeing, um, I started seeing like the scenes and stuff that had happened throughout my life. Like I've had trauma since I was three years old. Um, abusive father, I've had uh, training, I've been a police officer, I've seen some things that have basically caused like me to have anxiety in certain situations and certain thoughts and everything that caused me anxiety. So um, he was praying for me and I started seeing these scenes that had had so much power over me start to be shattered. Like I, it looked like glass and it looked like a hammer was hitting the glass and they were being shattered and I was feeling like this release. I was feeling like all the, the power that they had over me was being released and I, there was actually memories that I was actually forgetting. And uh, after all of this, I felt the power of God hit me and I fell to the ground. And while I was on the ground, I was shaking and it actually was very uncomfortable. I was like, what's going on? And uh, Mike discerned that it was that I was trying to hold on to something. He said, you need to let that go, son. He was like, that's not who you are. And uh, whenever I decided just to relax, I felt like a thousand pounds lifted off of me. And it actually felt like a part of me had left. And it was at that moment, I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And uh, a little bit later, I realized that it really, the, the demeanor and part of the personality that I picked up from the way that I was molded through life wasn't actually who I was. Um, it's been a few weeks now, and since that point, people who are closest to me um, have noticed how I behave differently in different situations. Like I couldn't have my back to a door without having extreme anxiety because of, I was a police officer, you know. And um, certain situations that I'd been through, people would bring them up, and they used to cause anxiety. And my anxiety would come out in the form of frustration. And they were like, wow, you're so different. You're not who I remember you being. Like, this is who you were always supposed to be. So, yeah, after Mike prayed for me, I would say that I finally know what freedom is. And I thought that I was always free. I thought that it was something that I was going to have to live with for the rest of my life. I just thought it was who I was. And I'd learned to cope. I thought that it would be something that would get better or as I would, you know, go to more conferences or whatever, like the Holy Spirit would come and I would learn how to deal with these situations different. But they just left because they were never supposed to be a part of who I was. So I'm free. Stand up with me. You see that the second thing, we talked about God, changing the way you think about God, who he really is. The second thing is changing the way you think about yourself. That leads into the third thing is what is your reality? The reality is the reality of the kingdom of God. You can choose to focus on the reality of this world, the reality of everything that is fading away, or you can choose to focus on the reality of the ever-living, ever-sustaining, eternal kingdom of God. Now, here's the key, folks. The world that you focus on is the one that you will give out and represent to everybody around you. So if your world is focused on the political world, that's the world that you represent. If your world is focused on the economic world, that's the world that you represent. But can we as, a, as sons and daughters rise up to actually be focused and let our mind be set on things above, Colossians chapter 3 says, and not on the things that are on the earth. It's important that you have this reset and this repentance in your mind 
to change the way you think because it'll take the rest of your life to understand what your identity in Christ actually says about you and what's available for you. But I'm going to lead you through some things as we end, and then we're going to end our time together. So I'm going to say it. You repeat it after me. I am a new creation in Christ. All right, you can do better than that. Say it like you mean it. I am a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. All things have become new. I am in Jesus. Jesus is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed by the blood. I'm adopted into God's family. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all power. The devil is a liar, and I am over him in Jesus' name. I tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall harm me. All things, all things, all things work together for my good because I love God, and I'm called according to his purpose. And his purpose for me is to become more and more like Jesus every day. I am more than an overcomer because Jesus overcame all things. I am more than a conqueror because Jesus conquered all things. Therefore, I have a destination. I'm going to heaven. In the meantime, I have an assignment. I bring heaven to earth everywhere I go because I'm loved, I'm accepted, I am no longer defined by my history, but I'm defined by who my Father calls me. I am his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. Give thanks to God, everybody, would you? Hallelujah! 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 Come on, brother. Oh, don't go anywhere. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Mike's going to be a marathon man. He asked me if he, would, if he could do uh, impartation or if he could do prayer and ministry, which we're not doing in this service. And everybody say, ah. But good news, and it depends on Mike, so I can I neither confirm nor deny, but um, my wife, who is forever the minister, um, she's like, let him, do, let him do ministry after second service. Let him do ministry after second service. It's up to him, because he's going to minister to us. Yes, what, I will do. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Absolutely. So. Now, now, now what is, can I just do this? Go ahead. So if you can't stay, just put out your hands right now. I don't have to touch you for this to happen. Let the fire of God come. Let the fire of God come right now in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God come. Fill you with overflowing right now in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God come and touch you in your deepest place. Whatever grace, gifting, anointing is on my life, to not only just bring impartation, but to bring healing to trauma, I give to you in Jesus' name. For you to live in the full destiny and the full dream that God has for you, that you begin to live as a royal son or daughter who you've been given the permission, the authority, and the power to administrate the kingdom on this earth. That in Jesus' name, that every gift of the Holy Spirit flow through you, that you begin to see with your eyes and hear with your ears 
the purposes and the plans of God for people and that you are used mightily to be a living expression of the word of God, the living word of God to others. Let the fire of God fall and bring healing and restoration everywhere you go in Jesus' name. Okay. Uh, so if you're like, well, what, what am I going to miss out? If it, for all of you who have FOMO, you know, if you don't know what FOMO is, fear of missing out, if you really want to know what FOMO is, all you got to do is talk to Diana, who is, you're the queen of FOMO. So um, if, you wanna, if you want ministry and, and you're trying to figure it out, uh, second service ends right maybe around 2. And so if you come back, like, if you want, if you want it. But, um, I mean, I, again, he's willing to minister. So if you, um, no, we'll just start the thing. So just come back, like, 10 to 2. Go get yourself something to eat, you know, and uh, just see what happens. So uh, amen. Are you all with me? Yeah? Did you like that? Come on. Come on. You're not getting that on Dr. Phil, man. All right. So we're going to close. Dr. Mike's book table is available. And any of you veterans that came in late, he's giving you a free book or a free DVD. And it's his gift to you for your service. So uh, when people, say it with me, when people are honoring me, come on, I need to receive the honor. He's honoring you. So, it, you know, he's willing to do it. So afford yourself of a... Um, uh, somebody's going, I'm in the military too. No, you're not. Don't say that. So, you know, we're not and, asking for credentials. And it's and it's and the it's honor not, system, hey, people. Uh, I said, it's not for relatives. Like if you have a relative right. in the military, it's, you don't get a free gift. Yeah, it's not for your uncle who was in the Marines. It's for, it's for the people who actually served, right? You, you can buy it. Good news. You can buy the product. So there's a table over there, and uh, Matt's going to answer every question you ever have. <laughs> Including the question, Matt, how far is up? He's going to answer that one for you, too, over there as well. Anyway, let me pray for you, and uh, we're going to dismiss, and we're turning around and uh, start the second service in about 10 minutes. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you, and may he be gracious to you, and may he give you peace in Jesus' name. If you'd like to give an offering through Elevate, we're giving him an offering as a church, but if you'd like to add to that offering, um, just simply do it through the box and just write it on the envelope offering for uh, Mike Hodgins, Dr. Mike. Okay, anyway, God say with me, Jesus loves me, Elevate loves me, and that's enough. All right, high fives all around. We'll see you later. <laughs>